listening to a Sharesies podcast. Today on Recap, Westpac New Zealand wants to get into the peer-to-peer payment sector. We dig a bit further into the Reserve Bank of New Zealand's announcement they made this week. And three former Netflix employees have been charged with participating in a multi-million dollar insider trading scheme. It's Friday the 20th of August. You are listening to Recap. I'm Joe Say. I'm a video and podcast producer at Sharesies. I'm Alice. I'm a financial analyst also at Sharesies. And I'm Sam Ryan, the product manager for new markets here at Sharesies. Sharesies is a wealth development platform where our purpose is to create the most financially empowered generation. And we're here to recap some of the events shaping the share markets today so that you can be a more informed investor in around about 10 minutes. Before we get started, please listen to this important message. Investing involves risk. You aren't guaranteed to make money and you might lose the money you started with. Any information we provide is general only and current at the time. If you're looking for help with your investment choices, we recommend talking to a licensed financial advice provider. Oh shit, it's blooming. It's casual Friday, Alice. Yes. Yeah, it sure is. And you know what that means, Jose? Uh, 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 slacks? Slippers? What? Yeah, well, that too, also because we're at home in lockdown. But it means we've got a special guest with us today. Yes, Sam, welcome. Thank you. It's it's blooming great to have you here, Sam. And thanks for making the time to join us. We really appreciate it. Oh, I've been excited all week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sam's been like you know, excitedly like slacking us like stories and stuff to cover. So it's been really cool having that kind of enthusiasm, I have to say. Sam, um, do you want to like maybe unpack your role at Shares a little bit more so we know a bit more about what you do? I mean, I know because you're on the, your, your uh, desk is on the same floor as me. You, you, you walk in usually wearing activewear and sit down at your, um, <laughs> at your, at your, your desk. But beyond that, I don't really know what you do. Can you, can you unpack your role a bit more? Sure. So I'm the product manager for New Markets, which means for the last year, I've been completely focused on launching Sharesies like a startup into Australia. And at the moment, I'm trying to grow that share the brand awareness in um, Australia. And then I'll be focused on wherever we go next. So expanding Sharesies globally. Mm, Nice. That's a really important job. Um, And I'm glad you're there doing it. Uh, so as you know, it's Casual Friday. So what happens is that we kind of have a look back over the week and sometimes we kind of look at um, some stories that might have been uh, really big or uh, really interesting that we've found really interesting. We kind of go back and kind of unpack them a little bit. Um, and I thought maybe I'd go first because uh, here is an interesting story that actually got reported by interest.co.nz yesterday and it involves the amazing world of peer-to-peer payments. All right, Jose. So how amazing can peer-to-peer payments be? Uh, I'm sounding a little facetious, but actually uh, peer-to-peer payments uh, can be extremely amazing, Alice. So just to unpack that a little bit, peer-to-peer payments um, essentially is what it sounds like. It's It's basically a person sending money directly to another person. So to unpack it further, let me ask you both a question. Have you ever been to, in a situation where you've had to pay back a friend for picking up um, tickets to a gig or you know buying a meal and you have to pay them back? Have you guys ever been in that situation? Yeah, absolutely, like all the time. Yeah, yeah me too. 
yeah, I, I had I had a holiday in India once, and there was like ten of us, and it was like every night dinner was just intense. It was crazy. Mm-hmm. And so, how do you usually facilitate paying your friends back in those situations? Well, like you have to send your account number over Facebook Messenger, and you have to copy and paste it and put it into your banking app, and you put you know your fourteen dollars for your dinner or whatever. It can get pretty awkward, and then you you pretty much have to remind your friends to pay you back, and then mm. you have to check your bank statement to see if they did pay you back. It's a bit of a palaver. It certainly is. So imagine if you could just pull out your smartphone, tap a button, and whatever amount uh, you need to send would just be immediately sent to your friend. The thing is, I mean, that sounds pretty amazing, right? Like that sounds like way easier than what we, the way we currently do it. But the thing is that this is a very common thing that happens overseas in a number of different markets, and this is what kind of gets my goat. There's apps that do this. The most famous uh, kind of is technically PayPal, but in terms of kind of that small amounts, you know, friction of smartphone experience, Venmo in the US is the most notable. But again, and this is, I'm slightly annoyed about this, there hasn't been like a dedicated peer-to-peer payment in New Zealand. Until now. Thank you for that dramatic voice. So a subsidiary of Westpac NZ called Redbird Ventures says it's going to launch such an app later this year. Alrighty, so this sounds quite exciting. Um, What do we know about the app so far? So the app is called Buck. Uh, it's available to the customers of several different banks, um, including Westpac. Uh, they include ANZ, uh, ASB, BNZ, the Cooperative Bank, Heartland Bank, Kiwi Bank and TSB, and it will be free to use. And so, all right, it's free to use. How do they actually plan on making money from this? Well, the head of Redbird, Lewis Billinghurst, says they'll look to commercialise it for business, but in the short term, they'll be focusing on getting as many users as possible. Sam, um, I kind of feel like with your background, you might have like uh, some insight into this. I mean, what's the thinking um, b- behind uh, Westpac and Redbird's investment? Great question, and I've been thinking about this a lot because I spent about two and a half years at a startup before Shazzy's trying to do just this, basically. Perfect. So peer-to-peer, yeah, peer-to-peer payments um, are completely free, and they'll never make you money. In fact, they'll actually be spending money on those peer-to-peer payments. It'll cost the company. Mm. So reading the comments and thinking about my experience I suspect that they're trying to get as many people as possible to download their app, which will be Buck, and then they'll add features which will make them money. So this could look like something like QR code payments. So you'll go to buy something um, in a shop and you'll swipe your phone on the till and that will pay for stuff. Um, maybe even some loyalty points, like you'll have your flybys integrated in there and the app will start looking a bit like an Alipay. That's what I'm imagining they might be thinking about. Right. And so in this situation, how do you think they might like look at clipping the ticket, so to speak? So the merchant, like the dairy or the restaurant that you're buying something at, will get charged a transaction fee. At the moment in New Zealand, you often walk into shops and you'll see that there's no PayWave sticker. Mm. And that's there because PayWave costs a lot. Every time you buy something with your PayWave card, the merchant is charged a fee and it's really high compared to overseas. So they will charge the merchant, but they'll make it cheaper than PayWave. So the merchant gets that really quick payment, which they want, so they can get through as many customers as possible quickly, but they'll be charged less than PayWave. Right. I just immediately had a flash of, of, of inspiration for a money-making venture, which is to actually make, um, you know how usually in dairies they have to cover like the, the pay wave button 
the credit button with like a, a bit of paper or something and a bit of tape that looks a bit scraggy. I'm thinking about like actually yeah, I know 3D, what you're talking 3D about. Printing, printing covers that say, no, don't use oh. this. So it looks a bit nicer. That would be smart. I'm, I'm, I always I'm somehow pay- like miss those no pay wave signs. I look like an idiot, you know, trying to tap my card on a screen that clearly says no pay wave. Yeah, but if you could just, you know, if someone could produce one of those little, little cover for it. That's, I'm patenting. I've got that. I've copyrighted that. Thank you very much, <laughs> Sam. Appreciate that. Uh, your expertise on that one. No worries at all. And as I say, that's just what I think they might be, you know, thinking about. Absolutely. Thank you. And so uh, just to finish up, Redbird is looking to launch back in September of this year. Uh, And there's actually another peer-to-peer app called Dosh, which is to launch in October. It sounds like it's going to be the spring of peer-to-peer. But let's move over to you, Alice. What's been happening this week? Uh, Well, on Wednesday, the Reserve Bank of New Zealand made an announcement to say that they're holding the official cash rate, or OCR, at 2.5%. Now, we did chat about this a little bit on Wednesday in recap, um, really briefly, and um, we mentioned that yesterday, well, on Thursday, we were going to be talking to Zoe Wallace, the Chief Economist of Deloitte New Zealand, to unpack that announcement a bit more. Um, But I thought that since there's been so much chat chat about the OCR and this announcement in the news over the past week, um, it would be great to talk a bit more about it today. Yeah, it was a big, big story. Uh, uh, Probably a good place to start is what exactly is the OCR for people who maybe are uh, still a bit funny on it? Yeah, exactly. So the official cash rate or OCR is the main tool that the Reserve Bank uses to stimulate the economy. So the Reserve Bank is tasked with the main job to keep inflation in New Zealand between 1% and 3% per year. Now, the official cash rate is essentially the rate that banks can borrow and lend money to and from the Reserve Bank um, at. Now, this in turn affects interest rates that banks offer to their customers, both in terms of interest rates that you can borrow at, so like mortgage rates, and interest rates that you receive on savings accounts. I can't quite yet see how that impacts the economy. Yeah, good point. So when interest rates are low, it means it's cheaper for people and companies to borrow money and then go out and spend or invest that elsewhere, which can stimulate the economy. But when interest rates are higher, it becomes more expensive to borrow money to then go and spend. And it can also encourage people to save more if they earn a higher interest rate at the bank, which can then cause uh, the economy to slow down a bit. So when the economy needs a boost, lowering the OCR can be a way to do this. And then when the economy is getting a bit hot and inflation is ramping up, increasing the OCR can help keep things under control. Right. So the the Reserve Bank kept the OCR at uh, 0.25%. This wasn't what uh, people were expecting, right? No, no. So New Zealand's economic data has been pretty strong since we came out of lockdowns last year. Uh, because of this, many economists, including those from the big four banks in New Zealand, were forecasting an OCR increase. Now, this would be the first time that it um, had increased in seven years. It's been sitting at a historic low of 0.25% since March last year. Uh, so increasing it would have increased a signal um, in the Reserve Bank's reduction in stimulus that's giving the economy. So what did the Reserve Bank say about keeping the OCR flat? Well, they said that their decision was made in the context of the government's level four COVID restrictions announced on Tuesday. Uh, Now, bearing in mind that the Reserve Bank were due to give this announcement less than 24 hours after 
the government made theirs about the COVID lockdown. So um, the Reserve Bank highlighted that COVID does impose health and economic risks to the country. Uh, so they've kept the OCR unchanged in light of that uncertainty. Um, I mean, why, why should we care about rising interest rates? Like, I'm really interested in knowing how, why and how that would affect me as, like, your everyday New Zealander out yeah, on good Struggle point. Street, and, you know, um, out on the streets. <laughs> And um, Zoe really broke this down into two components mm. yesterday. So first, a rise in the OCR would have probably meant that inflation had been ramping up, um, going back back to the Reserve Bank's actual like purpose. Um, now this could mean for everyday people that goods and services had um, become more expensive, so things like groceries um, and everyday goods. Now the second point that is, if interest rates rise. If someone has a mortgage, this then might mean that they pay more in interest. Um, it can also, as I mentioned before, uh, make it more expensive to borrow. Um, but if you're a saver, it might mean that you earn more in interest on saving money in the bank, like in term deposits. Cool. Thank you very much, Alice. Great to have that breakdown. So that leaves you, Sam. I'm really interested in hearing about this sort of story. Break it down for us. Yeah, this is juicy. So basically the... F- Three former Netflix employees were charged with insider trading by the SEC, which is the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission. Right. Last week, we talked a bit about market manipulation, so it's good timing. What does insider trading actually mean? So it's when someone buys or sells shares or other investments based on information that's not publicly available. It's private information. It's illegal in many countries, including New Zealand, Australia, and the US, because it gives someone information that gives them an unfair advantage. In this case, allegedly, there were three software developers working at Netflix, and one of them was leaking insider information to two people, apparently a brother and a friend, and those people were making trades. And once that employee left Netflix, they continued to receive confidential information about the company from two other Netflix employees. Oh, dirty birds, such naughty people. Um, what, what kind of info were they leaking? So apparently it was um, confidential information about Netflix subscriber growth, which is, yeah, it's crucial metric used in the company's quarterly earnings announcement. So the friend and the brother would get that information and then use it to make trades before the company earnings announcements. And that subscriber growth, those numbers, like Netflix really hold on to those. Like they don't release a lot of information about that. Exactly. Yeah. And the engineers used encrypted messaging apps. They just used WhatsApp or Signal or one of those apps like that um, to discuss their trading scheme to evade detection so no one knew about it. Okay, so if these guys were trying to, you know, evade detection, how did the SEC then catch them? So they've, they do data analysis and they've got flags that sort of scan what's going on in, in the trading and investing. And they picked up some suspicious trading activity and eventually their flag, which is called improbably successful trading over time. Um, it really flag, rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? Yeah, totally. Um, sort of picked up this this group and um, the market abuse unit um, did some investigation and figured it out. So in addition to the SEC charges, the defendants are also facing a criminal case from the US Attorney's Office. Right. So how, how much did they make in the end? They accumulated about $3 million in profit with that information. Oi, oi, oi. So do we see anything like this happening in New Zealand at all? 
Yeah, so we're we've got a regulatory body called the FMA, and they've got really strict rules about this. And in New Zealand, like you know, they say everybody's one degree of separation. You just have to be so careful. In my case, literally, my mum works at Plexure, which is a publicly traded company, and you even talked about it on Recap this week. My sister works at Rocket Lab as a propulsion engineer. So we, you know, when we get together, we cannot talk about our jobs at all, pretty much. <laughs> examples of what we can and can't say are like if mum knew how much profit the company was making she would she could not tell me that or anybody else if my sister knows about a new rocket innovation or a special rocket going up into space she cannot tell me or anybody else because this information could help somebody um make you know buy buy shares and and make money um so yeah, and in my case, I'm a prescribed person because I work for Sharesies, mm. and that means that there's strict rules about what I can and can't do. Whenever I buy some shares, I have to hold on to it for at least 10 days, and that's for a situation like the GameStop, right? Like that pump and dumping of if someone buys something and trades it very quickly. Um, so I can't, you know, that's there to stop that. And everything I buy gets approved to make sure I'm not doing anything illegal. So look, those Netflix dudes, they got $3 million, but they were caught. They are deep in doo-doo right now. In the end, it's just never worth it. Safe and fair trading, everybody. Lovely, lovely thing to sign off on. Very Thank you true. very much, Sam. Appreciate that. And you know what? That brings us to the end. This That was Friday, casual Friday, the 20th of August. You've been listening to Recap, and thank you very much for doing so. And if you are enjoying what you hear, please give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. But we'll be back on Monday, and thanks for joining us, Sam. Yeah, thank you, Sam. It's been great having you. I absolutely loved it. Have a great weekend, everybody. Matiwa, see you guys then. See you then. See you then.